0: and the girl driving completely forgot that there was a cake in the back seat, So she went across the first railroad crossing at like 70 KPH. And I was like, ma'am, what are you doing?
1: I'm Arafa and I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. So hello and welcome to another race review Today, we will be reviewing the Japanese Grand Prix, which normally alternates between Fuji and Suzuka, but this year, because of travel restrictions, has had to be held in Turkey instead, which has joined the 2021 calendar as a substitute for the Canadian Grand Prix. So yeah, pretty pretty clear what's happening there. But essentially, yes, we had a Grand Prix in Turkey, which depending on which camp you're in with Verstappen or Hamilton is either heartbreaking or optimistic. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Muhammad and our very special Canadian friend, Asmara. How are you both?
2: Uh, in depression, currently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me again. Excited to get into
1: it. So, Muhammad is clearly a Lewis Hamilton fan and has been struggling to come to terms with what happened at the race. Asmara, why don't you give Muhammad your top three comedic moments, see if we can cheer him up
0: all right so i feel you know i'm also a lewis fan so certainly i was also underwhelmed with how the race went but i think there are a few kind of highlights funny moments for me that i will take away from it coming in at number three i think uh there was an interesting moment between uh fernando alonso and mick schumacher so obviously they had some contact during the race and afterwards i thought it was really funny because Alonzo went to apologize to Schumacher, but if you see the picture of him apologizing, you know, a lot of people in the media are saying, oh, that's so sweet because Alonzo raced against Schumacher's dad and now he's, you know, like it's coming full circle and he's racing against Mick. But if you see the picture, Alonzo has this like thousand yard dead eyed stare straight <laughs> forwards. <laughs> He looks like he's been given the worst news of his life and has been told to hug this young gentleman. I, <laughs> is...
1: I just found the picture now. But honestly, I think it's because Alonso is wearing like, his coronavirus mask and you can see his eyes, and it looks like he's whispering into the <laughs> here, like, I'm going to kill you.
2: His eyes yeah. are so big. Why did he make his eyes extra? Is he emoting with his eyes? Is the emotion murder? I don't get it. It's like, he, like
0: it's one thing with the body language, like the hug, but the eyes are telling a completely different story. The eyes are that's we
2: <laughs> uh,
1: We'll definitely put this picture up on our Instagram and Twitter, so if you're listening along, go have a look just now
0: yeah definitely worth <laughs> worth a uh, taking a look at i think coming in at number 2 now this is a hard one deciding between number 2 and number 1 but i would say second funniest thing for me was the entire sebastian bettel on slick's debacle you know on the one hand i applaud his courage in making that decision at that time in the race but watching <laughs> the way he was sliding around afterwards and then the the radio message instantly Where he was like, guys, this
2: isn't working. (laughs) It's
0: like, oh, you you... think? So
2: that was really funny. Crofty was like, do my eyes deceive me? Is Sebastian (laughs) on a medium tire right now? What is he doing? (laughs) Like, even more
1: confused than usual. And my favorite bit of that wasn't just the sliding. It was when he went back to the pits after just one lap to go back onto wet tires. He slid going into the pits. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if he hit the wall or what, but he just, he slid completely. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, I don't know why, but the thing that popped into my head was you know, The Simpsons, Sideshow Bob keeps standing on rakes yeah, like, <laughs> up and smack him in the face. I was like, that is what Sebastian is going through just yeah. now.
0: It was just such. Instant humbling, like he did not even get one good corner in, it was just
2: instantly <laughs> like, Oh, you think you're
0: cool, huh?
2: Okay, take the, this. You know, the, ra- the radio message when they're like, Hey, Sebastian, do you want to try slicks? They start off by asking, Do you want to go on to the soft?
1: Well, that makes sense to me because the soft tire gets heat into it, so then you could maybe do something.
2: Where's the fair. medium?
1: I don't know. I just feel sad because I'd predicted, I'd predicted Patel for A metal third. <laughs> yeah, it shows me. Do-
2: it just seems like very poor timing. But you know, him doing that, him doing that told the rest of the grid that you cannot go on to Slicks yeah. at all. It answered that I, question. Like, was anyone No. I, like, I don't think there was that much chatter about
1: it. Like you know what? him doing that also let people know that they shouldn't uh, turn the cars around and reverse around the circuit.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, poor Seb. Anyway. number one? All right. So the funniest moment, everyone's favorite team, uh, Ferrari. By favorite, I mean funniest. Uh, <laughs> so there was a moment where it looked like Charles Leclerc might win the race. Uh, and, you know, he was. there was a lot of back and forth on the radio. He was asking, you know, can I stay out on these tires? Like, what do I have to do? And in particular, I remember one moment, and I apologize—I'm probably paraphrasing this—but he asked his his race engineer, like, what uh, if I if we if we stay at this pace, what position will I end up in? He asked something along those lines, and the brilliant piece of information his engineer provided him back with was. Well, if you keep Bottas behind, you'll finish P1.
2: <laughs>
0: now, for context, if you did not watch the race, Bottas was the driver in second place, and Leclerc was in first. So if he's you essentially keep second saying, place
2: behind you, you'll finish in first place. If you
0: stay in first, you'll you you'll end in first. Thank you
2: very much. <laughs> Just what if, I was overt- if second place overtakes you, you'll be second place. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then charles he didn't even say anything back he was just quiet (laughs) yeah and i don't know
0: i don't know if i'm like imagining it but i feel like there was a moment of silence like just from everyone like as we all processed what was going on like even croft he had nothing to say
2: i think jensen button was like what a spectacularly (laughs) useless piece of information
0: (laughs) I feel I feel badly because I'm sure that they 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 might have had some exchange afterwards or something like that, that put it like, you know, gave him more information. But I do think it's great that that's all we got. And then.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, the the race engineer providing information is so important because like we just saw that with Lando Norris in the last race, like it makes such a difference.
1: Mm -hmm. But yeah, this again, it was just Leclerc again with the Simpsons memes. It was just him going, my God, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's like wait you're telling me i'm in first place
2: (laughs) (laughs) and then he's the one telling his team like do we even have to come in can i just stay out like he's doing strategy and he's driving in the wet and he's in first place he's doing everything himself ferrari is just there taking extra money from the fia like they're not doing anything
1: Uh, yeah should we talk about the race then from start to finish so As we know, qualifying occurred on Saturday. Lewis Hamilton took his 102nd pole position, but he wasn't actually awarded the statistic because of his engine penalty that he had to take. So he got dropped to P11, and the pole position trophy was handed to Valtteri Bottas, with Verstappen starting in second. Hamilton made a fight up through the field, but with the conditions being wet the whole time, there were a lot of tricky strategy decisions to be made. Um, Gasly took out Alonso on the first lap for lols um, and was given a penalty for it. <laughs> and really, apart from Hamilton's charge through the field, uh, it was a pretty dull race. I think just before we started recording, uh, Muhammad described it as the driest wet race we've ever seen. But you missed
2: it because Gasly took out uh, Alonso, and then Alonso was like, you know what? And then he took out Schumacher for no reason as well. Like, <laughs> let me pay it forward. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Good times. And uh, you said Mazepin had a spin, but I, d- I didn't see this.
2: Yeah, it wasn't qualifying. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful... Like, he spun so much this season. At this point, he knows how to make it artistic. And he was going through turn eight. And turn eight is just like, you know, it's like four different apexes. He's going through turn eight. He misses the first one, misses the second one, misses <laughs> the third one, gets to the fourth one, and then he just, like, twirls like a ice skating, like a ballerina, like... It's just, like, you could hear, like, the orchestral music. It was so beautiful. And then he, like, beaches himself in the gravel. But, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was so nice to look at.
1: (laughs) Do you know who I think... I don't don't know. Who who won Driver of the Day?
2: Uh, Carlos. Oh, he had a good race, too. The person
1: I'm giving the Driver of the Day award to is Mazepin's PR manager. (laughs) Because what they're having to deal with and what they produce is amazing. I mean... (laughs) Mazepin right now is doing so much publicity for children's charities, and like he he's so disliked. So many people hate him. You know, there's a, the hashtag "We Say No to Mazepin," and this poor PR manager is having to work so hard to reestablish his reputation. Um, I think, I think they deserve a medal,
2: but you know, there's like a new, like, I don't know if you've seen it. I saw a little bit on like Twitter and Reddit of a new movement trying to rehabilitate him where they're like, yeah, he's not this bad guy. You know, he's actually a really good driver. And like, I've seen that now.
1: I'll accept that. Maybe that is happening on some level that I've not seen, but maybe, but a good driver. Where's that come from?
2: No, he's not a good driver or a good person. Do you remember what started the controversy? It wasn't his driving skills.
1: I know yeah him groping someone
2: yeah groping that girl in the back of a taxi and then laughing about it that was what started this
0: yeah I just I mean we don't have to like get into it because I think we're all on the same page here but (laughs) I just I feel like like professional sports I struggle with this because like I've heard this a lot like oh they're trying to help him out and make him a better person like professional sports Teams are like a privilege to play on or to be a part of. Like they're not a rehab facility, right? I understand in this case it's like it's different because he has so much money that he's going to have a place regardless. So you might as well try and make him a better person while you're at it. But that's that's the argument. Like I don't, I I don't I don't I don't vibe with that.
1: Yeah, I think it's a shame. I think you know had someone else done that. I'm trying to think some. Had Yuki Tsunoda done that, would he still be in that car?
2: Well, I mean, I think so because he's got the contract for next year and he's not much better driving-wise. They're all like that. He, like, curses out his (laughs) engineer and stuff, so...
1: (laughs) That's different. Like, I don't have a problem with him shouting at his engineer and being a grumpy person. But had he done something like that in the back of a taxi and recorded it, I don't, like, I don't think he'd have survived that. Or at least, I, I think the bigger problem is... He got away with no punishment, you know. Verstappen yeah, yeah. shoved Ocon, and had to do community service or something. Yeah. But speaking of crime and uh, punishment, <laughs> uh, Gasly was given a five-second penalty for crashing into Alonso. That's are you laughing at my segue? I think that was pretty smooth.
0: <laughs> Crimes and punishment.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so the race started with Gasly getting a five-second penalty for crashing into Alonso. Um, which I think online caused a lot of controversy.
2: Yeah, it was, it was lap one and generally lap one, like incidents are ignored because it's lap one, all the cars are together. And like, if, if didn't really feel like he did it on purpose, like it looked like he was squeezed into it. He even said I was squeezed into it. And Alonzo later was like, that was an unnecessary penalty. And I really don't know what, I think it's because Alonso made that whole statement where he's like, you know, they don't punish, um, like non-British people um, or they are they only yeah they they don't punish the British people I mean so that's what he was saying even though Pierre isn't British so I don't know where that came from but I think he was like I think they were like you know what we're gonna punish everyone today penalty for you penalty for you we punish and I, I think that's where that came because otherwise it makes no sense why would they why would they give him a five-second penalty for I something that so. wasn't really-
1: yeah I, I yeah I, I 100% agree with you the context of this is Alonso made a big sp- complaint about how like Norris you know, cross the white line to enter the pits and things like that. And things that should be a slam dunk penalty are not being given penalties, whereas Alonso being penalised for whatever. So I think he's just, the, the analogy he gave was, it's like playing football and the other team keep using their hands and no one's stopping them. So I'm going to start using my hands too. Yeah, so that
2: really confused me for a sec because when you said the other team doesn't use their hands, I'm like, then no, what are they supposed to use? It's football. But then I
1: realized- soccer? Yeah, Have soccer. Have you heard of soccer?
2: American <laughs> Exactly, Man. soccer. See, in football, we use our hands. That's why it's called football.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's
2: exactly why. It makes
1: so much sense. Yep. It, it was a game invented by uh, Leclerc's race engineer.
2: <laughs> that poor guy
0: do you think sorry to like go back to it but do you think he felt like a little embarrassed after he said it like you know sometimes you say something and then you just have to take a minute to like sit with yourself and be like oh my god what did i just say like do you think they ever have that moment where they're thinking about how it
1: broadcasts like millions of viewers i know i wonder I don't if he know. just thought to himself that made more sense in italian and i'm really upset i've said it in english <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, or if he was just satisfied,
1: like, yep, sorted. That's what he wanted. I know. He's like, I'm just trying to do the strategy, and now you've put me on TV. (laughs) But speaking of strategy, what do we think about Lewis Hamilton's race?
0: I feel it was quite – it was very up and down. Like, you know, initially when I heard that he was taking the engine penalty and he was going to start in, uh, what is it, like 11th place, I was like, well – I don't know about this one because I know that they have very obviously like their car is so good that it should be it should make up positions and it should get into the right position but I feel sometimes they have issues with like following behind cars and like overtaking plus it was going to be a wet race so there was like all that uncertainty so I was a little nervous about it to start off with but then he seemed to like be doing really well like it took him a while to get past uh, I think it was Sonoda. But then, you know, after that, he did seem to be like doing well, getting back like into the position you'd expect the Mercedes to be in. And then honestly, I don't I still am not one hundred percent clear on what happened with the tire call because like i I know, you know, he initially did not want to pit, I guess, at all, or he wanted to wait until there was like a better gap to pit. And it seems Mercedes did not make it clear to him that when he ended up pitting, he would be, he would lose positions, which it seems like that's something you should, I guess, tell your driver, but he was so like blase about it. He was like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Let's pit now. And then afterwards he was so mad that he was like, <laughs> that he would be fine. I was like, sir, he had like 24 seconds for pit stop. Like what did you think would happen? Um, but you know, uh, Mercedes was telling him he would have lost those positions anyway. So it was better to not risk it. And, you know, stay out on old tires and not and, and lose more positions so I don't really know if, if you know anyone out there has like done the calculations or like figured out the strategy of like what would have happened had he stayed out or even had he pitted earlier because it seems Mercedes was telling him to pit earlier and he wanted to wait and wait
1: so I saw on the race.com they'd done a bit of a calculation on what his race pace could have been so what they did was they looked up uh, Esteban Ocon because Ocon didn't stop at all, which is what Lewis wanted to do. He wanted to say, let's just keep on these tires all the way to the end. Um, because when it is a wet race, there's no compulsion to change your tires. He wanted to say out the only person that managed it was Ocon. And they looked at his race because his pace massively dropped off. I think 14 laps before the end, he was overtaken by signs and he finished the race 50 seconds behind signs. You know, he was losing by the end five seconds per lap to other people, so huge amounts of speed. So they looked at that and they sort of tried to make adjustments for the pace. And I think there was one lap where he was two seconds slower because he was stuck behind someone or something, or no, he was he was being lapped. So they reckoned if Hamilton had done the same, he would have finished at one hour, 31 minutes and 43 seconds, which they reckon is 2.4 seconds quicker than his actual race time, but makes no different to his finishing position. He would have still finished behind Leclerc and Gasly.
2: So there's all this analysis that's been done uh, now that we have the full telemetry and we have like, you know, 24 hours, 40 hours to really look into it. The race was a good one. Julian Palmer did a really nice one, too, um, for his uh, YouTube show. Um, And in, in his, what he said was, had Lewis stayed out, one of two things would have happened. Either he could have really, really managed his tires. Like the team would have had to told him, like, you need to manage, like, you know, that's your number one priority. Had he done that. He probably would have finished fourth uh, because Perez would have probably still overtaken him on fresher tires. Or he's still being all racy and he's still trying to maximize his finishing placement. And then he finishes fifth, which is what the race also said. Then there's the option of him coming in when the team tells him to pit the first time. And if he had done that, then he would have probably, you know, fallen down the order a couple times. Uh, places and then there would have been that initial graining phase that all the drivers were going through but then had he like gotten through the graining phase and not driven too hard he would have probably made his way back up into third so that was their, his best finishing position as if he had done what the team said in the beginning however the he made two mistakes one he felt like he had to stay out two when he did go into the pits he drove very hard coming out through that, you know, initial overheating graining pace, and that worsened his graining, and he really lost a lot of pace. That's why he was struggling with gasoline and things like that. And that's what, what race it was so it? The
1: Nico Rosberg was a commentator. Was it in Hungary? I can't uh, remember. I remember he was saying the first couple of laps, you got to be gentle yeah, on yeah, the tires, yeah, 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 yeah. and that gives <sighs> you better that? tires down the line. Um, I, I think that was Hungary. Lewis, yeah, I think he was just so desperate to get up that he he didn't do that.
2: Yeah. But going back to the engine penalty, so we were talking last time about uh, whether we think Lewis needs to take an engine penalty. And I think Mercedes decided to do like a partial engine replacement. They only changed the internal combustion engine, not the entire power unit. So he only got the 10-place grid penalty. And I think whatever whatever situation was going to happen he was never going to finish in his optimal position and i think we've been spoiled a little bit this season because bottas took a penalty finished on the podium verstappen took a penalty finished on the podium but in reality verstappen finished on the podium by accident you know by luck had it just been a normal race he would have finished like 7th so i think and you know not the that same it's for been bottas time.
1: bottas yeah. got oh, to that true. position yeah. because two other people took themselves out
2: Right. And also, uh, I think there's an there's a there's a five second time penalty for Checo. So that allowed him on to into third. So I think that finishing fifth with an engine penalty, I think, is probably not awful. You know, it's it's a good point haul and it's only uh well he's only now losing by six points. It could have been a lot more. So in retrospect, I think that this is probably okay, but definitely in the moment it was very painful to be a Lewis Hamilton fan.
1: I think they're going conservative and trying to reduce the risk as much as possible because they're so scared of even losing one point. But then the question comes, well, if one point is so important, should we be going more aggressive and fighting for it?
0: Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think, I think I agree with what both of you guys said. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I think they still, like it's still a good points haul. They still like maximize what they could, like they, they recovered well to still finish fifth, but I think it's more so like the the possibilities that get you like, you know, a little in your feelings about things, a little angsty, like, okay, what would have happened if he had pitted earlier, especially because it was like a, such an obvious, like, like he was, he was so obviously going against what his strategy team was saying and saying like, no, like, I don't think we should pit. And people always want to analyze like, you know, oh, who's right, the driver or the team, like, especially because, you know, recently we saw that with like last race with like Lando and, and McLaren so I think that's kind of why, like, it, it's it made it like more of a big deal because he was so obviously frustrated afterwards and saying they made the wrong call. So we want to like analyze, like, oh, what could have happened? But yeah, like at the end of the day, I mean, realistically, like, what what can you do at that point,
2: right? <laughs> You know, I think it's because we're at the end. There's only six races left. If this was the third race of the season, nobody would be talking about this strategy call because it's only six points and we have a whole season left. But six races left, it does feel like every point matters. And, like, you know, nobody has been leading this championship by more than eight points in Silverstone. So these points mean things. But I think, you know, today was, like, so, like, even the different, like, Formula 1 analysis people cannot... Agree on what should have happened. The race did their thing, their analysis, but they also put out like an article that was like, who was right? And they all unequivocally said, uh, Hamilton was right. And then Julian Palmer, uh, he, as a former driver, big analysis guy, he came out and said, no, the team was right. So people can't agree even till now. So I think it's one of those things that it was just an incredibly hard call to make. And yeah, I don't think we're ever going to really know what was best, but I think that finishing fifth it's probably not as bad as, you know, like DNFing because his tire blew out or something. Uh
1: what I want to talk about next was Ferrari and McLaren. How do we think Ferrari are doing?
2: I don't know what to say.
1: So they've had a really up and down season and they were losing ground to McLaren. McLaren is currently 3rd uh, in the world championship. And I thought they were too far ahead of Ferrari at one point, but now Ferrari are up to 232 points. So Pretty close. So who do you think is going to finish third at the end of the year? I don't know who's
2: going to finish third, but it's interesting looking at Ferrari's development because, you know, they started out with the same pace as McLaren, uh, but McLaren got significantly faster as the season went on. And Lando was able to pull uh, McLaren ahead of Ferrari almost single-handedly because Daniel Ricciardo was, you know, finishing the low points or not in the points. And Ferrari had two good drivers, and they're both finishing the points in most races, like you said, 7-4, 7-8, but they're not able to catch. But then they did this big uh, engine switch, and they said, we're going to put a new engine on Carlos, and all of a sudden, they're faster now. Like, today was clear that they are faster. Um, And so they've been slowly bringing themselves back up with McLaren. I think McLaren is probably still the faster car, but Essentially, they've got one and a half drivers because Daniel Ricardo, unfortunately, isn't um, like he's not up to par. He, he was out in Q one, t- you know, which is horrible. And he's fun. People were were joking because he was like, "I'm back, okay, guys, I'm out again." Like he was out in Q one, so it's not not great. But um, I I think because of that, it's going to be really really close, and it's just going to depend on who can be more consistent for the next six races.
1: So I think the context to this was. McLaren switched from Renault to Mercedes engine because development from 2020 to 2021 was extremely limited by financial constraints put on the team and like because of coronavirus and things like this. So McLaren were allowed to make some developments because they were having to just put an entirely different engine into the car, which I think helped them leapfrog a lot of their rivals from last year. Ferrari were running with a 2020 engine or the hybrid system at least in their engine because they sort of almost wrote this year off and were concentrating on 2022 they introduced the engine uh when was it It was russia they introduced it right into charles leclerc's car and they said yeah "Yeah, we're doing this sort of a research and development thing for 2022 uh and clearly this new engine is faster because they've been able to develop whereas other people sort of put their new engines at the beginning of the year so it's that sort of rabbit and hare who's going to catch him first i think i'm actually quite excited for this fight and my worry is the deciding factor between mclaren and ferrari is going to come down to daniel ricardo's performance
2: yeah exactly yeah so you look at like the races where he's finished well and he actually had a good race last week i think he was like p4 so those are the races that really bring mclaren's point total up and bring them ahead of ferrari but then races like today were like what was he like 11th or something he was 13th he
1: finished Uh, yeah no points 13 no
2: points and then Carlos and Leclerc both finishing the points those are the days that are gonna you know Ferrari's gonna show their their strength a little bit but it's funny because both of these Ferrari and McLaren are both title contending teams who are now fighting for top of the midfield so I don't know I'm not sure in the future if we're gonna ever see them fight again for a title I, I that would be nice
1: but for now let's see if they can get to the top of the midfield speaking of never going to win again what do we think of Bottas? We've not even discussed him yet, and he, he managed to win the race.
0: I think that that was a little rude. Speaking of never <laughs> going to win again, you don't know. Maybe Alpha's going to make a title like title contention fight thing <laughs> next year. Maybe they're going to make a massive step up. Yeah, no, that was nice. I, uh, I got a little nervous in the middle because they were talking about like the commentators were talking about, oh, it's been over a year since his last win and then, you know, briefly he was P two and there was talk on the Ferrari radio about keeping him behind in P two in order to keep P one. So I was a little nervous that Leclerc was just gonna take it, but uh I, I mean I'm happy for him. I feel like I feel like it was uh it was well deserved. I feel he had a solid kind of performance all weekend, so Nothing really to say. It was interesting. He finished like what is it, like ten seconds ahead or something, right? Like it was a pretty, yeah,
2: fifteen pretty seconds ahead, comfortable
0: gap. So he did well.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, when he crossed the finish line, I had a feeling in my head that was like, you know what? That's this is it. This is Valtteri Bottas's final win, and I think it was a nice swan song to his career at Mercedes. Yeah. He didn't want to go one more a season without winning. And I, what was it, 2016 or something? Or no, 2017. 2018, maybe 2018. 2018, yeah. 2018, he went a season without winning. And it would have been really sad because he's struggled this season too. This hasn't been his best season. Um, He's been struggling. So for him to get a win, you know, in the closing stages of the season, I think it was really nice. It was a good confidence boost. He has nothing to lose at Mercedes now. He, I You know, he's been playing the team game because he has nothing else to lose. So, I think I think the win was nice. And Mercedes yeah. was so dominant. He was always going to get it. I don't think anyone really challenged yeah. him for
1: it. I, I can't remember where I heard it. But someone was saying, if Lewis had never gone to Mercedes, and Mercedes was Bottas and Rosberg, both of those men would be double world champions by now.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Last year's 2020 Mercedes was so dominant. Whoever they put in that seat, I honestly think... Could, like, Max Verstappen said 60% of the field can win in a 2020 Mercedes. Yeah. So, yeah, Bottas easily. Do you, you think know.
1: Bottas is judged so harshly just because of who he's next to? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I feel like they the thing that always surprises me is when they talk about his consistency, like his stats of getting into Q3 it's been like I don't even know anymore, but there it was like so many races in a row that he got into q three. and yeah, of course, like you know you have the best car, like that you you're expected to, but like we've seen with other teams, it doesn't always happen, right? And the fact that he's like he's always a little bit behind Lewis, but you're like you're comparing him to like arguably the greatest driver of all time. and for him to have been so close for so many years and to like consistently help them win the constructors, which again, like, I think, Something that has kind of been less talked about this year is the Constructors' Championship as well, because everyone's so focused on the Drivers' Championship. But, like, him winning this race is, yeah. like, really good points for them to stay ahead of Red Bull, right, in the in the Constructors.
2: So, yeah.
0: Like, I think he just, like, he does what he needs to. Yeah, this year has been, like, spotty for him. But I think overall, like, he definitely gets judged based on, like, who he's next to.
1: Yeah. I think watching Lewis Hamilton over the last few years has skewed – our idea of what normal is because he has, you know, seven world championships, a hundred races. I think something like 900 people have raced in formula one and Bottas ranks 31st in terms of all time race wins. Wow. Um You know, and you look at even the top 10 uh, all time race winners. So Fangio's on 24 wins across his entire career. Uh, Rosberg 23, uh, Mika Hakkinen, who's considered a legend, twenty race wins. Jensen Button, fifteen race wins. And Jensen Button is what ranked nineteenth in the all-time, and he's a world champion and all that, and he has nineteen wins. So to have ten race wins is is a huge deal. You know, so many people out there can't even get one. So to have ten is huge. But it's it's when your teammate has a hundred, which is just insane. He's just. If you'd come into the sport at a time when Lewis Hamilton wasn't there, I was gonna
0: say it's always a like it's it's such a timing dependent thing. Like you see it, you see it with lots of drivers, right? Like uh, like another person I've I've heard this about is like Daniel Ricciardo. Like people talk about him, like he's such a good driver, like potential world champion, but like he never got the timing quite right about what team he went to or like when he left teams and things like that. And also like the fact that the field is so competitive. Like who could have predicted that you would have. I mean, Lewis, you know, moved to Mercedes and go off like this, but also like having Verstappen now and like thinking of the future, like having Leclerc and, and drivers like that. So it's like, yeah, it's it's so uh, I don't know, it's very interesting, like the timing, the timing part of it. Like, I think he's an amazing driver, but it's just you're right who he's compared to and the time he came into the sport.
2: And unfortunately, people have, like, really short memories because they'll look at Hungary and be like, oh, he's a horrible driver. He took out five other cars. But those are, like, really the exceptions. They're not the rule. If you look at it overall, he's been very close to Lewis. And Lewis is a seven-time world champion. He's very accomplished. It's just that when you're in a field with, like, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, it's it's really hard uh but yeah I think he's been a good drive I actually didn't even think he had to leave Mercedes but I think you know they want to bring George Russell in and I think we're going to be disappointed by George Russell in the Mercedes I I don't know people loved Checo last year they loved him and now in the Red Bull he's been horrible oh yeah that's another
0: thing like I feel like I wonder if Lewis I like I don't the car is the Mercedes is obviously so good but certainly like when a driver is that good like there is an element of like, are they out driving the car? Like, are they doing better than the car? You know, like the average person would be doing in the car, which like we see in Red Bull. Cause it's like, they have this like second driver curse. So, I mean, I think Bottas has done well enough that I don't think he's like, you know, really like underutilizing the car or anything like that. But I wonder if there's just a slight bit of like, Lewis is just so good that he's like doing even better than you would expect.
2: Yeah. But good for him race win right in the last few races might not have happened. Congratulations, Valtteri. You can leave with your head high.
1: But with Lewis being, you know, like you said, statistically the greatest of all time with seven world championships and 100 wins, can he make it eight this season? Who do we think is going to win the championship?
0: Well, if he can get more points than Max by the end of the season, he will win the championship. (laughs) <laughs> write that down. That was some <laughs> brilliance from me.
1: Yep. That that's who the world the world champion will be the person with the most points at the end of the year. Yeah, that's what, that, that yeah, I agree. Exactly. <laughs>
2: um so you should write to Ferrari. You need to hire me. I know. So on the BBC Checkered Flag podcast, they did like a nice breakdown and talking about like they were saying so so I think it's Julian Palmer again, uh, who who the whole season he's been saying that I think Max is going to win. And in the most recent episode, he said, for the first time, I think Lewis is going to win the championship. And the reason he said that is because Mercedes seems to have closed that gap from earlier. You know, when you go back to Austria and and that whole triple header, they were just behind. Like in Austria, they couldn't even compete for for a win. They were just behind. Um, And it looks like since we've come back, Mercedes has had the pace. They've had the pace more often than not with speed. And the only time really that they couldn't, they didn't get on pole or win or or be, finish, you know, pretty high was Zandvoort. But in Zandvoort, Lewis Hamilton qualified very close to Max. He was 0.018 seconds off. So I think that Mercedes has closed the gap. And I think going forward, I don't think it's he, Max has the full advantage that he had before. Because I don't think his car is just that dominant, and when you look at the remaining races, okay, Brazil, Mexico, those will go to Max. America, I think, is a a wild card. I think either of them can take it there. I think Saudi's a street circuit that'll go to Max, but then Qatar and Abu Dhabi, I think, are wild cards, and Abu Dhabi is uh they changed the the, the track layout, so if you want to say before that, oh, you know it's a high rake, low rake, whatever. They've changed the track layout now, so it could—it's a wild card. Qatar's a wild card. Turkey was a wild card, and and Mercedes was so fast at Turkey, like they were so they were six seconds point uh, six seconds up on Red Bull. Max Verstappen could never challenge them the entire weekend, and that was a wild card re- weekend. And and Mercedes was up, so I do think it's very possible now.
1: But I think there's there's so many variables because, like you said, it's all to do with this rake you know, rake concept. So the Red Bull runs a high rake concept. It makes the rear end very twitchy, very difficult. Verstappen seems to be on top of that, whereas teammates have not. But that characteristic comes out different circuits. And, you know, I'm not an engineer. I don't know the next six races where that's going to be an advantage and where it's going to be a disadvantage. What's interesting, though, to me is... Christian Horner coming out and almost complaining that the Mercedes are too fast in a straight line and they've not put in a protest or complaint, but they've, they've asked the FIA for clarification on how Mercedes are using their intercooler because they believe it's giving Mercedes a straight line speed advantage. And if it's, I know, I know there's all the Karen Horner memes and he's always complaining about everything, but the fact that this is upsetting him to me goes, Oh, actually I, I wonder if Max being slow was just a one-off in Turkey or is there more to it, which is what's upsetting Red Bull? I mean, there's a really cool moment you can see when uh, Lewis is trying to
2: overtake Checo. Uh, I I think it was like lap 48 or something. But when they run side by side and Lewis pulls ahead of Max, uh, uh, Sergio and he does it without, uh, what is it called? DRS. He does it without DRS. And it just shows you that the Mercedes has some speed that, wasn't there you know earlier in the season because earlier in the season that's not happening Mercedes isn't pulling ahead just without any DRS but he did that so yeah I I think I think
1: the this straight line advantage was 15 kilometers per hour which is more than what DRS gives you normally
2: and like I said thinking back like okay you he's losing the championship it's six points but six points is crucially less than seven points and I know I sound like a Ferrari engineer but
1: (laughs) (laughs) Samara, so uh, can we get some uh, clarification on that?
0: Let me just uh, hang on. Let me pull up the talk at. Uh Open my calendar. I, I was trying to make. I promise. <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry. What were you gonna say? What was the six, point? six points is less than seven points, and seven points is the difference between first and second, which means in the next race in America, if Mercedes has that extra power boost that we've been seeing with their new engines, and if Lewis finishes first, he's back on top again. So I don't think it's the end of the role for Lewis Hamilton. I think this is definitely still a tight championship.
1: I think what we saw uh, this race was how important your second driver is. Had Lewis managed to get past Checo, he would have pitted at a normal time, come out, gone through the graining phase and had tires to fight. But because he was in that fight with Checo, it put him into an awkward position of having to pick a strategy. And Bottas winning this race saved Hamilton another seven points. And I think since Bottas has been fired, he knows this is his last season. He's driving in a much more relaxed way. He drove well in Monza. He drove well here. How important will that driver be? driver of the
2: weekend in Russia, if you remember. Yeah. So how,
1: how important will that be to saving Lewis from Max going forwards in places like Austin, and things like that? If Mercedes do have a pace advantage, can they keep an extra car between Lewis and Max.
2: Yes Mara what are your thoughts on Checo's performance this season specifically in the last couple of races?
0: On the whole like when I think Sergio Perez I'm like hmm, not impressed like I feel like he's been he's had his moments of brilliance probably more brilliance than Alex had the season before like more flashes of brilliance but I think on the whole he like I don't think he's been like that impressive overall, but you're right. Like, you know, there's, there have been key moments where he, like, like what you were saying about this weekend.
1: He feels very much like the Red Bull middle child.
0: Yeah. Like he, he's like temperamental.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's some like, you forget he's there most of the time, but occasionally he does something He'll like act
0: out and then you're forced to acknowledge him. Yeah. Can you tell I'm yeah. not a middle child?
2: Uh, so he started the season um, pretty well, uh, averaging about fourth or fifth place. That's not horrible. Uh, and then he ha- he got really good. Like he he won the race in Baku and then he finished third in France. And then he was back to kind of like that fourth, fifth uh, going up into the um, summer break. Coming out of summer break, he obviously had that retirement in Hungary. That wasn't his fault. Finished 19th in Belgium, but also there was no race there. Uh, and then he's been like low points. For the other races, like eighth place, ninth place, his podium yesterday I feel like is more of an anomaly than the norm. I think it's a bit of a Daniel Ricciardo situation where good job he got the the podium, but he maybe not necessarily will replicate that moving forward. And I think you're right, Arfat. I think it's you know similar to McLaren. If he's able to give Red Bull these extra points, then that'll really help Max you know you look at in sochi and botas unable to hold back max verstappen for even a lap but like he basically just said yeah yeah go through yeah my friend max but um over here sergio holding up lewis was a big deal and really really helped uh, red
1: bull so just before we end uh we need to do a couple of things one obviously we have a Samara here on sort of canadian thanksgiving we need to do our canadian driver check in and see how Lance and uh, Nikki are doing. And then finally, our predictions for the next race. Did you guys know Lance's last name is not Stroll? Strulovich or something.
2: Yeah, he's Lance Strulovich. Blew my mind. (laughs) Why don't people talk about that more? That's That's like if Lewis's last name wasn't Hamilton, it was like Hamiltonian or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's so crazy. (laughs) Oh, wait,
0: that's wild. Like, wait! I know. Wait, hold on a minute.
1: Did you not know that? I thought he was like the hero of all of Canada.
0: Wow! Well, but like, where did they get? Okay, let's see. Hold on. Do
1: you know what I will say about Lance Stroll though? i recently started following him on Twitter, and he just he just seems like a really nice person on the internet. He's all very like, "I hope everyone's having a great day. Thanks to everyone who's working really hard. Hope you're all having a wonderful weekend and all that sort of really positive reinforcement." Also, while we're on Lance, um, I know we just forget about. uh, I can't remember his name. Nicholas Latifi. I do think Lance Stroll has the best helmet design this year.
2: Let's see. I can't even, what is it? I can't even think of it. It's
1: plain head. green. Ooh, it's plain green all yeah. over with the Aston Martin logos it's on the split. side and a red uh, Canadian maple leaf on the Oh, forehead. that guy,
2: that guy wore it when he yeah, did the yeah. running thing.
1: Yes, yeah. the guy yeah, yeah, that did, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah, there was a, an Aston Martin employee. He was one of the engineers or something. He ran the London Marathon in a full race suit wearing race boots. Uh, and he had one of Lance Stroll's helmet. But if, if you're near your phone or PC or whatever, just Google Lance Stroll's 2021 helmet. It's nice. Um, I think it's just really clean and a really slick design. I think it's the best mm-hmm. one this year. Yeah. Asmara, how are you feeling? We're getting your live emotions to this to new revelation. <laughs> that his last
0: name is is I yeah. feel like I, like, yeah. I I'm sure I like read it on his Wikipedia page and just did not click to me. That's cool. That's uh, that's that's interesting. I'm I'm rattled by this information. But on the topic. You know what? Let's talk about this. On the topic of Lance being a really nice guy, I agree. The only fault I found in him—I'm going to get roasted for this. He has so many faults. Um, <laughs> is that he's from Montreal, which, like you know, can't help that. But he's—he's he's a Montreal Canadiens <laughs> fan, like a uh, like the hockey team, which I don't like that. I like that he's a hockey fan, but I just wish he wasn't a Montreal Canadiens fan. Because yeah. I'm from Toronto, and
2: it's a huge rivalry. So that's a Do you have any predictions for the future? For Lance?
1: Lance's or the next race? Yeah. I'm so happy it's
2: in America. So I'm
1: going to say, I'm going to go for another country. wild prediction. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. to win. Uh, Charles Hamilton. Leclerc second. Carlos okay. Sainz third. I think Bottas and Verstappen will take each other out. Oh, can you imagine? Asmara?
0: Wait, how are you envisioning this Bottas and Verstappen taking each other? Like, are you envisioning Bottas as like, uh, like, like he's been paid
2: off? No, no, the, the race out? engineer, Max's race engineer tells him he's racing Hamilton. So he thinks it's Hamilton and he goes to take him out, but it's Bottas. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I respect that. Yeah, that's something we didn't consider in our whole discussion is the, the intangibles. Like, the uh, the how are they going to get into each other's heads in the last six races, you know? Like, how are they going to... The mind games they're going to play. Because I feel like Red Bull's starting to get a little rattled now. I feel like Mercedes has been rattled, like, this season as they've been so off.
1: So, yeah, definitely. So,
0: I feel like Red Bull is a little bit... Like, I think Max said something, too, about how they've been... Like, they're so much faster now than Mercedes. So, I feel they're starting to get a little yeah. rattled. But anyways, Okay. I don't love your prediction, but I can respect Hamilton being first. So I can ignore the rest of the podium. That's fine. Um, <laughs> my prediction will be actually, do you have a prediction, Muhammad? You can go first if you have one.
2: I'm going to go like plain vanilla bread. I'm going to say Hamilton vanilla bread. What <laughs> is vanilla bread?
0: <laughs> is that like some American thing?
2: Do they eat that in Texas? <laughs> it's like bread and ice cream i'm gonna go i'm gonna go hamilton verstappen botas keep it simple hmm. i'm gonna say I, I always have such a homer takes like i always just
0: like i do not predict based on actual performance i predict based on vibes <laughs> so i'm gonna say mercedes one two so it's gonna be hamilton bottas bottas is gonna be like killing it and then james is gonna come on the radio and be like yo let hamilton pass that i think that'll happen unfortunately for valtteri um or hamilton will just be good enough to be first and then who should i say is gonna come third I think I think Lance
2: Stroll. Max Verstappen, at no. least. Oh, Lance no, Stroll. No, Verstappen's
0: okay. going to get taken sure. out by uh, Perez. It's going to be like real, like flashbacks to the <laughs> 2018 or whatever.
2: Uh, Just Max. Wild predictions. <laughs> Our predictions started like somewhat normal. We have now devolved into... That's why we have to get That's
0: Arfa to do them first. Because I feel like you make the most... Actually, both of you guys make really informed decisions. And then it comes to me, and it's like clown nose on, like, just completely.
1: Yeah. Realistically, it's going to be Hamilton versus Bottas. That's what will happen. But we can can dream.
2: So uh, we'll be back this weekend. There's no race. Uh, We'll be finally airing our Women in Motorsport episode. I think I've talked about that for, like, the last three episodes. We recorded it a long time ago. Uh, We're finally going to air it. And that's a really important episode. We got to sit with Bianca Bustamante, who is a karting driver from the Philippines, and talk to her a little bit about representation in motorsport. And then we'll be back in America, which is October 23rd. Woohoo! America. Bald Eagle.
1: So remember to follow us at Slow Pit Stop on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you want to listen to everything for free, go to slowpitstop.com.
2: Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Bye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.